What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about things that we like and dislike and why people make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes art good and how to talk about it. Uh, let's start with some snacks. Gaia, what are you snacking on? <laughs> I got a bunch of little hats. And we're embroidering several hats as gifts. And so that's what I've been working on and will be working on while we record this. And that's, I guess, a snack. What are you snacking well, on? Well, <laughs> someone in our group chat sent us the Hamilton demos, and I had actually never heard them before. And I I think we listened to the song that ended up being Helpless. And God, it is truly so bad. It is the <laughs> they're so bad. Um, but it's I'm happy is they're it bad. Lynn singing? It's Lynn singing. And the words, like the lyrics are bad. The singing is bad. You can hear like a little bit of helpless in there. And I will say mm-hmm. that I'm glad it sucks. And I'm glad that he gave us like his first draft work so that I can see it and be like, oh. Sometimes things that are bad get better. Yeah, exactly. And we never saw like Shakespeare's first draft of like Romeo and Juliet or whatever. So oh, like this yeah. is that. So and and then also uh our friend sent us Muppet Hamilton. Oh, I haven't seen this. I'm gonna link it in the show notes. The production value on this, like the amount of time that this took for people to impersonate the Muppets, pick characters, and then re-record all of Hamilton Act One and Two with the Muppet voices is insane. It is absolutely insane. And every time I listen to Satisfied, the chicken is Angelica, and it is the funniest thing. Hey, so I don't know if you remember this, but remember when the people of the internet rewrote Hamilton to be about Jeb Bush? No. Go go read it. Like, they rewrote Hamilton to be about Jeb Bush. It's called Jeb Bush! Exclamation point. I cannot. Okay. And the opening is like, Jeb Bush! Exclamation point. My name is Jeb Bush! Exclamation point. (laughs) Yeah. Why? That's that. (laughs) Why are fandoms like this? Speaking also again of Lynn, I decided that we could do these little running story bits. And right after we finished recording Hamilton, like two weeks ago, he released, I got an email from the Hamilton, like email subscription, and he released like Hamilton X black lives matter shirts and they all have like hamilton quotes on them and they're donating like the money that they make to black lives matter organizations but it feels gross you know what i mean here's the thing my general aura on stuff like that which feels like very marketing employee Mm -hmm. is like where's the money going and because they're donating it i'm not like crazy mad at them like i think that Hamilton using its its like power to catapult Black Lives Matter further towards the spotlight um is the thing they should do with their kind of reach and because they're donating all the the um proceeds to Black Lives Matter or relating organizations I like can't I can't be like fuck Lin Manuel no, for donating no, no. all his it's money to fine it's just like icky in a way to me icky we talk a lot about, like, the difference between, like, walking the walk and talking the talk. Yeah. And I guess, like, in a way, for me, Lin-Manuel is in this sense walking the walk. But then also, it kind of feels similarly to, like, the gay marriage of Puerto Rico thing. Like, he's, like, 
kind of he's like cool with like creating an open alliance with black lives matter now that black lives matter is like a fairly like mainstream movement and it's like not really a hot take anymore Mm -hmm. like remember when Mm -hmm. black lives matter was a hot take and that is when hamilton came out Mm -hmm. and i don't remember and maybe call in tell me if i'm wrong Tell me if Lynn actually explicitly stated that any of those lines in the musical are directly correlated to Black Lives Matter or anything that was happening with police brutality, because they seem to be, but he, I don't remember him coming out and being like, yes, that is this. That's what feels like, I'm glad they're giving money, but like, don't like, putting the Hamilton name on it is weird. Anyway, we talked we talked about that for way too long. Let's get into let's, the actual episode. Let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it, shall we? Yes. Uh, I shall we just, get into it? Yes, we shall. Uh, I'm going to give us a little roadmap uh, in the beginning of our episode. This We give you a roadmap. Um, this episode is made up of four parts. Bitch what? An introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? A technical rundown of how this thing succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch time? Three minutes of our unintelligent, unfiltered, uncritical feelings. And finally, bitch why? A sum up of the implications and why all of this even matters. And the bitch meter, our little diversity score meter that we learned math just to give to you. Let's get into bitch Ooh. what? So we, when we were first recording, it felt like I spent like three weeks talking about Harry Potter nonstop Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like all we were doing was talking about Harry Potter and then we like kind of like, like moved on. Yeah. But like now we're back and it's been so long. (laughs) Yeah. And you really like read all of the books in a day for nothing because it took us a month to talk about the rest of it. So a fun fact is that, like, in preparation for this episode, I read the entire Harry Potter series, like, without stopping, Mm -hmm. and um, it took me 20 hours and 33 minutes, Um, even though the computer said it was going to take 35 hours. The computer was wrong, because sometimes the computers are wrong about things, and I, because I thought we were recording, like, within, like, a week, like, and I was going to be traveling, and it was going to be a whole mess, and then we didn't. (laughs) It took us so This is, like, so adjacent, like, this episode is coming out in, like, 36 hours we're like (laughs) off our game it's it's fine we 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 did so much um but i read the books in a week i did a book a day um and i thought that was a lot how did you encounter harry potter oh jesus christ it definitely gave me a superiority complex when i was like in the third grade reading (laughs) reading harry potter um i don't even remember how it came into my life i just know that it was there and Time time began and with it Harry Potter. Um, so <laughs> I I there's no I don't remember, but I have loved it ever since. Um, I did have like two years in the middle there where I loved Twilight a little more than Harry Potter. Oh. <gasps> what I know, so oh, no. scandalous. And we'll talk about that when we talk about Twilight. Okay, I also had a Harry Potter superiority complex. My superiority complex surrounded about me reading it in the first grade. Oh my goodness. Listen, we know you're superior. We are not the same. No, I know. We're not the same. And that's I, we're not, I'm not superior. You are. You are superior. I am just a little egg. <laughs> I am but a small egg uh, who can read egg. faster than you. It's okay that I can read faster than you because your brain is huge and wrinkly. Thank you. I just think it's funny that like we we had we were like I'm reading at a college reading level in the fifth grade and now we're in college reading at a fifth grade reading level. (laughs) How did you get into Harry Potter? I read it when I was six. 
and I like refused to stop reading it. Mm-hmm. I read it like many times as a child. I was like one of those kids yeah. who like obsessively read stuff. I I like I'm known in my family. I'm also, like I'm like a family celebrity for <laughs> being obsessed with Harry Potter as a child, which is embarrassing. But I read it. I read it with my now passed away grandfather. And I have, like, very, very fond memories of, like, sitting on his lap and he would read for me for an entire day. And he would, like, and, like, I never wanted to stop reading. And, like, most adults would have been, like, all right, we're done. Like, it has been 12 hours. But he would, like, sit with me from, like, the very moment I woke up to, like, the time when, like, everyone was eating dinner. And, like, and, like, he would sit with me for entire days and read it. And it's, like, still some of, like, my, my favorite memories of my life. And so I've got that. That is so sweet. Yeah, and you know what? I theorize that my grandfather would be more supportive of me than, like, anyone else in my family. He tried to start a Shakespeare company and, like, couldn't. And, like, he was just, he was just, like, a great singer, great actor. Um, But he was, like, living his life. He was a cool guy. Oh, my God. I did, I just remembered that I did start a Harry Potter book club in middle school. Oh, God. And the years at Hot Topic, um... Fun fact, I was about to get hired at Hot Topic when I was 15 because you were allowed to work at Hot Topic at 15, but my marching band schedule was too much. That's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) That's embarrassing. Yes. I've never not been in love with Harry Potter. I think you're the same way. I don't Mm. I didn't have any family that liked it. My parents know nothing about <laughs> my parent. My dad read it with me because so I was sweet. so obsessed with it that, like, in order to bond with me, one had to read it. That's really sweet. Yeah. Let's uh, let's Shall talk. We... Yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, what I have Harry some Potter? information about the movies, but I don't think that it's relevant. It never won any Oscars or anything. It was nominated for a bunch of them. Um, it's weird that Fantastic Beasts The only relevance like, there is that, yeah, the, the relevance there is that Fantastic Beasts won an Oscar and the OG trilogy didn't, which is ironic because Fantastic Beasts is not as good. Yeah, I think it's, like, retroactive. Like, there was a lot of talk at that time, and still now because of, like, Marvel movies, that, that these are not quote-unquote films or whatever. Um, but then Hugo films. was nominated, and it was also, like, a children's thing, and Scorsese worked on it, and Daniel Radcliffe was, like... I don't think the Oscars like commercial films or kids' films unless they're directed by Martin Scorsese. Daniel Radcliffe was like, Martin Scorsese, please respond. Daniel Radcliffe, like, came for him, like, his brand, like... Before we all came for Scorsese this year when he talked about Marvel movies. So, like, Daniel Radcliffe, ahead of the curve. Daniel Radcliffe's always been ahead of the curve. Oh, for sure. And I like him because his... I like that he's short. Famously is allowed to be naked. Famously, Daniel Radcliffe is allowed to be naked, ever. We could just sing Harry Potter 99 Seconds, but I think we might owe John Cozart money if we did that. So we have... We love One sentence summaries that I found on Sparknotes that are quite funny. So we're just going to read them real fast. The first book summary is, you're a wizard, Harry, and also the unfortunate recipient of a destiny you never asked for, so good luck with that. Uh, number two, the moral of the story, never trust anything that you, that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain, especially if you go to a school where magic exists and upwards of five people are plotting murder at any given time. 
You know, that's an interesting um, summary, given, like, the amount of surveillance we're always under. Anyway, um, the third summary <laughs> is Harry isn't allowed to do anything fun this year because there's a convicted murderer on the loose, but at least he gets to defy the laws of space and time to solve all the problems, create a few more, and then solve those problems, too. Number four, a magical death tournament gets out of hand because, of course, it does. An evil dictator rises again, <laughs> and Dumbledore isn't telling Harry everything he needs to know about his destiny for some reason or another. Uh, the days of being a Dumbledore apologists are over yeah oh i'm so excited to roast dumbledore yes. i'm like i'm like rare in for it yes um if you rip out for number five i like this one yeah. so much this good? one's right um if you rip out the last 70 pages it's a book that ends on a really abrupt cliffhanger but hey at least nobody's favorite childhood camera dies thus signaling the end of an entire generation's collective childhood innocence that's tea isn't it tea this person like went off yeah like, spark who notes, is this? spark notes they're so funny um spark notes has rights they're allowed to be naked yes spark notes is allowed to be naked you heard it here folks okay number six draco malfoy may or may not be but definitely is up to something hey voldemort was a child once too and all the characters are dating each other but badly and then the, the last book the grand finale <laughs> basically this book this ju is just book-shaped suffering. Everyone you have ever cared about will die, along with several people you only vaguely cared about, plus a handful you didn't care about at all, just for good measure. Yes, and that is it. That is the books. That is the books. Excellent. No more excessive Joanning. I'm so sorry. Yeah. We get one Joannin episode as per the law. As per the law. And no more. Exactly. And if we produce another Joanne, off with our heads. Off with our heads. Let's get into Bitch How. This is where we talk about the thing as a piece of art and how it succeeds and fails. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, I, I want to start big picture today. Let's start big picture, And baby. I think that Harry Potter is the high school theater set of book series. Which is to say that from the front, it's good looking and interesting, mm. but it contains no messaging of substance and was built by high schoolers. And that's all I have to say. Like, that isn't all I have to say. We're going to record an entire podcast episode about explaining that. That is not just tea. That is chai. <gasps> that was spicy and It, it sweet. wasn't hot. It was spicy. It was sweet. It, it was it was milky. a perfect blend. It was a nuanced palette of tea. It was. But but here's the thing. So something that I noticed um throughout my read, I think Harry Potter kind of co-opts the aesthetic of like this like loving aesthetic and like kind of like vaguely political, like revolutionary sense that I think everyone loves to love. Um, but without having any of like the genuinely important messaging that makes the that messaging like actually substantial. I think there was a quote somewhere in the sixth book that I forgot to write down because I moved to Maine. And it was Dumbledore talking about like Voldemort becoming evil mm -hmm. and tyranny and stuff. I think the word tyrant may have been used. But it it, it had this like whole like aura of like making a great grand statement. But in real life, the bad things that are created aren't created by, like, one evil wizard mm -hmm. Hitler. They're created by, like, a system of evil wizard Hitlers in a, a wizard Hitler ideology that manipulates people towards, like, fascism. And right. Harry Potter, like, 
co-opts the aesthetic of of hating evil people but doesn't apply it to any of the systems that create evil and that's what's wrong with harry potter yeah, I mean, this also, this fully goes back to our Jojo Rabbit conversation and every conversation we've had about, like, systems and whether or not it's to to represent it as one individual person, um, like, actually helps that argument that it's not the system, it's just, like, individual people. Um, mm -hmm. There's moments where this, you can, you see where, like, the story could be getting at something. Like, I remember... Um, they're talking about the giants and, like, whether or not they'll go back to Voldemort or, like, the Dementors or something. And Lupin... We have to talk about magical yeah, creatures separately. Yeah, we'll talk about I magical creatures. But Lupin is, like, if they're offered freedoms that we've been denying them for centuries, like, they're going to go back to him. But they never explain, like... The, the allegorical racism is structurally confusing, but then given all of, like, J.K. Rowling's, like, weird beliefs about things like it doesn't and then her retroactively like changing so much of it it just hurts all of the points that could have been like used in any way possible like it, she just she just I feel like has ruined the series and then anything that like could be taken from it to be a teaching tool is not relevant anymore does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think even, like, the kind of, like, individual teaching tool messaging is kind of, like, sullied by, like, how the fact that, like, the, like, tiny individualized messaging about, like, love and acceptance is the problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not the problem. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, saying stuff like, one must remember to turn on the light and, like, remind <laughs> yourself of the good in the world. Um, like, that's, I don't know, that's not inherently bad, but, like, one of the biggest problems of the series is that it ignores the structural inequities of the world and focuses on, like, individual acts of evil and individual acts of good and takes that as, like, a, like, holistic view of the world. And so, like, even the individual messages are, like, kind of icked up by, by the... Mm -hmm. the the big problem yeah i think like as i was reading it this time i was more interested in why there's issues between these different groups of people and creatures and i was like why do these things exist and therefore like how were they taken advantage of to help voldemort but like how like how did these structurally happen in the first place i think was like a lot of my questions and then actually yesterday um protesters in thailand they are dressing up as harry potter characters and the theme is like harry potter versus you know who but it's not a one you know who it is like an entire military backed government creating these injustices like it is not one person and i think that like I'm not I'm not telling them that they're wrong or anything, but I do think that like basing it off of like one figurehead, one person like doesn't help us de like dismantle these things. That's just a little bit of the problem. It's just a little amuse-bouche of a problem. <laughs> exactly. Um, since since we're starting to get in it, into it, I've been dying to talk about magical creatures in Harry Potter. So, everyone knows about the big problems surrounding the health house. The how? Oh my goodness! I, Did you do I that spend... on purpose? No, I'm <gasps> just stupid. No. The 
the house elf <laughs> the health problem. Elves. The health house problem. <gasps> oh my god, that was so. That's funny. how you say house elf in German. Yes. Um, Voldemort. Look in, it up. What is that? It, that's not real, French. right? French. Isn't it Voldemort. not actually not it real? It means more. means death. Um, anyway, okay, whatever, but, whatever. So everyone knows about like the issues with like the house elves and like. Like this whole weird thing where J.K. Rowling like dug herself a pit by <laughs> deciding, for some reason, that she wanted a race of creatures that enjoyed being enslaved. For yeah. some reason, that was the hill she was gonna die on. And so that's kind of like a big obvious thing. Mm-hmm. But like, there are so many in universe questions that I had about like how magical creatures relate to wizards that are just like wildly glossed over and like kind of like weird like a apologism stuff so like one part that really stuck out to me and there's like billions like this is in the final book grip hook grip hook is like one of the one of the bank goblin guys Mm The bank goblin guys. Um, <laughs> the bank <coughs> goblin guys. We don't even need to bring that no, up. No, <laughs> we talked about um, it already. Harry and Co. has recently kind of like liberated Grip Hook from like this basement prison. And they're trying to get him to like help them get the sword of Gryffindor so they can destroy these horcruxes. Mm-hmm. And Grip Hook is like, you know, wizards stole that's a goblin sword yeah wizards stole that Mm -hmm. and like this is not your object and like i will only help you if you give it back to me once i'm done because this is a goblin object and there's a whole thing in harry's internal monologue where he's like i'm never gonna give it back to grip hook but we need his help so we're gonna just tell him we do and also grip hook in this moment is framed as being like an evil bad guy for that Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, like a moment of evil for him. And there's all these moments like that where, like, J.K. Rowling has created these, like, races of species that she's decided are going to be impre- oppressed in-universe, mm-hmm. but, like, then, like, has completely incoherent messaging about, like, how to treat oppressed people, like, what oppressed people's point of view is on being oppressed. Oh, my God, um, yes, with the house elves... It's like they yeah. all disapprove of Dobby's freedom. Hermione is the only one that wants to help them, and then everyone else in universe is like, "You're silly! Like this is this spew stuff is stupid." Um, and then that thing where she like went around putting hats around the like, and then that was like so weird. Yeah, it's like all very like ill conceived. I don't understand like what the point of that bit was, and then also I think that with the with the house elves. It's kind of reminds me of that, like, freedom as a mentality thing. And, like, that time when Kanye West was, like, slavery was a choice. Like, how did black people allow themselves to be enslaved for however many years? And everyone was like, sir, it is... Kanye some therapy. Yeah, please just somebody help him. But, like, it reminded me of that, of, like, the elves are like, no, I'm happy here. Like, I'm fine. And I... It's disgusting. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like, the werewolves end up joining Voldemort's side because all the wizards are, like, afraid of werewolves and enemies of werewolves right but like Voldemort's yeah. side is clearly like unequivocally evil right. and so like how are we supposed to criticize like the way wizards good wizards treat werewolves when like the bad guys like werewolves are all bad guys right. or like the same thing with the giants and there's all the, these issues that I have personally with like you've got magical creatures with like varying degrees of sentience and JK Rowling like really doesn't know how to touch that well but, like yeah. Yeah. Kind of treats it as, like, a blanket issue, but then also, like, won't equivocate between those. Like, she'll, like, 
talk about Remus Lupin being a werewolf, but she'll talk about him being, like, the only good werewolf. He's, like, the good werewolf, and all the other werewolves are bad werewolves. But, like, there's, like, a clear structure within the story. She kind of, like, leads you towards being, like, hey, like, part of the reason Remus Lupin's, like, life is so bad is because he's a werewolf, and people treat him differently for being a werewolf. Mm -hmm. But then, all the other werewolves are bad. Right. So then they have various degrees of sentience. There feels like there's a hierarchy between magical creatures who are more humanoid in nature and then the ones that like Hagrid talks about in Care of Magical Creatures. So like, it's weird to me, like, which ones are pets and which ones are slaves? Yeah. Which ones are dangerous that have their own like systems and we, and and then in the books, because they take history of magic they talk about goblin rebellions all the time. I mean, I get that she's like, they're in school, so they're learning. But then I'm like, well, there must have been a reason for all of those rebellions. And they're specific. Th- but we don't know any of the lore behind it. It just feels like the wizards are in the wrong here in a lot of fronts. I don't understand any of this now. Like, looking back, like, this makes no sense. But I just think it's gross. Yeah. yeah. I actually, so this kind of, like, I don't know if we're necessarily done talking about magical creatures, no. but this, like, reminds me of another thing that I have, like, thought that I have about the books, which is, like, the education system in general. And, like, I could talk all day, like, all day about educational reform in the Harry Potter universe, oh which I God. think maybe is a strength of the universe, that I could talk all day about educational reform in the Harry Potter universe. Um, But... One thing that I was really, like, off-put by during this read-through is how, like, history in this world is, like, not, like, nobody cares about history. Yeah, well, like, it makes canonically, sense. everyone hates history. But then it makes like, sense that it repeats. But it also, like, to me, harkens to J.K. Rowling's, like, <gasps> point of view on everything. Tea. Which is, like, does history matter? Does, like, a continued use of ideology in different forms matter? Like. Like, J.K. Rowling doesn't have the ability to see the way her trans misogyny is, like, the same beast as misogyny. Because, like, she doesn't know how to learn from history. And it's, like, weird that in her books that she, like, glosses over history. She glosses over history, but then makes it, like, inherent that it is important that they do know history. Because they're fighting a wizard because war. Because they're fighting a wizard war. And then also, you just reminded me, Hermione takes arithmancy and muggle studies and also no one gives a fuck about muggle studies and it's like this innate dislike you don't want to understand another group of people we'll talk about anti-muggle sentiment like at some point i also wanted to talk about how like harry like getting to learn things about voldemort coming to power and voldemort's history and also about like grindelwald is like information that like everyone Everyone should should know. know yes like why is it so secretive to know about Voldemort's past, if I wanted to go read a Hitler biography right now, I could. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to go read a Trump biography, speaking of, like, fascists that are currently in power. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton. I could just go do that. Like, it just seems bizarre that, like, Harry's knowledge of Voldemort is, like, so, like, exclusive. Like, Dumbledore, like, waits until he's 16 and is like, I'm going to tell only you. And then Harry is like, all right, I'm not ever going to tell anyone else about this. Do they know that Voldemort went to Hogwarts? No, because I think it's something, it's about that, like, there's a little bit of, like, covering up of, like, we don't want anyone to know he, like, came from us and we, like, created that. Like, People don't know who Tom Riddle is, yeah. which is who Voldemort but is. But Tom and, like, Riddle was pretty prominent at Hogwarts since he's the one who, like, framed Hagrid 
um he worked with slughorn right like they just like he was he was a prominent person and then he just disappeared and at at the same time he disappeared voldemort happened (laughs) like what (laughs) what what's Um, going on you would think someone had figured this out by now um and it also distances voldemort from being like a real person and it's important to know that these fascist leaders are people yeah the way that knowledge is treated in the harry potter universe is like strange and bizarre it is bizarre it's very weird the way race is treated is very weird i don't know if we've talked about this before but but i want to talk about how racism allegories where one side has a genuine reason to fear the other (gasps) side yeah is a bad race that's actually bad so you have the thing of like well yes the werewolves are predatory also if you're gonna and then later she said that it's aids and that it's like a thing then it's like, oh, they're gay. And then I'm like, well, then you can't make Which them I dangerous. Because that's like disgusting. Queen, like sister. Like, but it's then it's because she wasn't thinking about she wasn't thinking about the potion that that Snape makes for Lupin as AZT or anything. She wasn't she wasn't consciously doing that. So then when she goes and tells you later, of course it's a half baked metaphor because because she didn't think of it in the moment. So then you have, what are the other, like, you have the giants, you have the werewolves, you have... The giants doesn't make sense to have a racism allegory, which, like, there's some really explicit stuff in the fourth book where Hagrid is like, oh, I, like, have never met another half-giant right. before, and I'm really excited to meet another half-giant, and there's, like, a whole thing where he, like, tells her <gasps> yeah. that she's a half-giant. Oh, and then and she's, she's like, him. I'm not half-giant at all, how dare you say that? And then she is half-giant, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, like, there is, like, a very clear racism allegory tie with the giants, but, like, then that turns into, like, there's a whole thing with Grop in the fifth book, where, like, Grop is, like, dangerous, and, like, that is a huge thing in that book, is that Grop is dangerous. Um, and that doesn't make sense. If it's a racism allegory, they can't have a real reason to fear the other side, because the reason racism is bad, but is but it's also stupid, is because there's no reason to fear those people. Exactly. exactly, that's the point of racism. That's why it's not just normal fear. So there's like creature racism, and then real racism, and then like anti-Irish sentiment too. Oh my god! So I'm staying at a Celtic farm in Maine mm. right now, so I'm learning a lot about anti-Gaelic um, and Gaelic racism oh, right shit. now. They're Gaelic Scottish here, so they're not necessarily talking a lot about the Irish, but I'm reading a book about the Irish. And, like, the fact that this book is set in the 90s, mm-hmm. and the only Irish character is Seamus Finnegan. Seamus. His name is Seamus Finnegan. Finnegan, first of all. Come on. Okay, no, Come okay, on, can we... There's nothing worse than we Cho talk about the Chang. Names? Oh, wait, Cho actually, Chang. Kingsley Shacklebolt, no, Kingsley Shacklebolt. might be worse. Yeah. Yeah. He is the only one of the only like black authority figures, and his name is Shacklebolt. Anyway, so the top three. Well, the t- okay. Mm, I don't know. I'm about to say something, but like we're gonna have to have a little debate about okay. it. Okay. The top, the top worst names in the Harry Potter universe: Cho Chang, Kingsley Shacklebolt, Bolt, Seamus Finnegan, Panju. Panju Patel. Okay. Actually, my mother told me that Panju is a name, but oh, no. I. Here's the thing: is it's like not a common one and not a name that i would like name my child sorry and i just don't know like i'm not gonna apologize to miss Rowling for that like i think it's still a silly name and she goes with this like alliteration because she thinks like that's cool like parvati padma 
uh, Patel. I Parvati, Padma, and Panju. Yeah. Patel. I liked, oh my god, look at you. Okay, accent. How's my pronunciation It was doing? good. It was really good. Someone said this, I don't know if it was like a tweet or something, but they were like, JK Rowling pretending that like polyjuice potion wouldn't be used for like nonstop gender stuff in Harry Potter world. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, again, like Catherine, Catherine, our beautiful, lovely friend, um, wrote this essay. And at the end, she was like, enough of this brownie points representation. After all, like the young queer children reading Harry's adventures for the first time are likely not checking the internet as they go for updates on the characters that Rowling has claimed to be queer. In the world of magic wands, flying cars, dragons, invisibility clo- cloaks, and three-headed dogs, why are queer individuals treated like they are too strange to represent? Um, and then she wrote, Dear J.K. Rowling, you may move on now. You've gotten as many brownie points as you can. Come back when your representation is on the page instead of interviews, press conferences, and articles. For queer people, it's, like, even worse because, like, when she accidentally queer-coded characters, she, like, really went out of her way to make that not a thing anymore. Once it became clear that, like, there was a big Remus serious oh, ship yes. in, like, the fan With world, Tonks, yeah. J.K. Rowling killed off Sirius and then married Tonks, the other character that was quoted as queer, coded as queer, to Lupin. So she she married off her two, her two queer characters. Well, she killed one. She killed and one. And then she married the other two together to other. as their beards. A lavender marriage. It's not the fans' fault, but her paying attention to what the fans are doing and like thinking about as she's writing, because like she was still writing at the time. And and yeah, when Wolfstar got really, really big, that's when she was like, oh, never mind. And then like That's when Joanne swooped in. And it feels like she did that on purpose. Yeah, I also, like, it kind of makes me think about how, like, J.K. Rowling has gotten less, pro- grown progressively less and less interested in supporting fan work and more and more interested in being, like, the god of the universe. Right, creating her own universe for everyone to just, like, be cool with. Yeah, like, I think that's a kind of bizarre element in that. You wanted to talk about Rita Skeeter, and this is, like, a nuts thing. Okay, she's described as having clawed fingers, a heavy-jawed face, large mannish hands, something about the crocodile skin bag was just interesting to me, and then an ass- There's also something about how her hair looks like it's a wig. Her hair looks like a wig. Her- she has fake teeth. Um, she has an acid green quill. Anything, like, she- owns is supposed it like seems to be like written as gross she has a surprisingly strong grip a heavily penciled eyebrow she she oh there's a part where she like before she writes she like sucks on the quill with apparent relish in front of harry which is like seems just gross like i just wrote down anything that describes her as weird but everything is supposed to be repulsive when it comes to her but then it's but then it's equated with things that might be like it it's just rita skeeter is coded as a trans trans woman woman. just say it i'm sorry i just was like oh my god i hate this i hate it so much and then she is like painted as one of the most untrustworthy characters she's an animagus that is unregistered as a beetle and she snoops into other people's business including the the girl's bathroom um and is directly responsible for hermione getting harassed um, until the point with her, when Hermione traps her in a glass jar for, like, all of Order of the Phoenix. 
So our tinfoil hats are fully on, yeah. but, like, we're right. No, we are right. The whole time I was reading this, I mean, it's just, like, the equation of, like, She's got fake teeth. She has fake hair. She has fake eyebrows. She has fake this. I was watching a video essay about, like, one of the ways J.K. Rowling succeeds as an author. She's good at, like, planting clues and, like, able to create, like, good shorthand descriptions for characters so that even when she doesn't directly name them, they're alluded to. Mm -hmm. And so she can therefore, like, plant clues to her mysteries, like, throughout. Yeah. And Rita Skeeter, one of her, like, coded clues is that she is mannish yeah like that's one of her major characteristics and so like it's like a snickers bar in a in a zombie apocalypse bunker <laughs> <laughs> that reference was for the 10 people oh, who read my Jesus. writing um yeah anyway we've talked about how like jk rowling's relationship with the trans community is like a mess mm-hmm. currently yeah and like and just, like, the general, like, she has problems in Fantastic Beasts with queer coding characters, but then, like, she warning them into sh- straight relationships or, like, having characters that she said are queer that she, like, won't, like, canonically write as queer. Like, these are all problems of hers that are, like, kind of obvious. Here's the thing that I'm struggling with, mm-hmm. and I'd like to talk to you about okay. it, is when I was a kid, when I was a queer kid back in the, back in the day, <laughs> I, like, didn't ever really, like, reckon, like, I resonated a lot. Like, Sirius Black was definitely my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I didn't, like, see these people as queer, and so I didn't, like, take all these things in as, like, anti-queer messaging. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, it's, like, so sad and isolating, and it, like, it kind of feels to me, similarly to the way, like, as a queer person your childhood gets kind of, like, tarnished when you come out and, like, start realizing all the, like, Mm -hmm. anti-queer messaging and how much, like, internalized hatred you have, like, from from living in the closet Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and living in a cis-heterosexist world. Um, And similarly, like, for me, Harry Potter is, like, a little bit of a microcosm of that feeling, which is that, like, when I was a kid, I didn't notice it, but now that I'm reading it, it is, like, so heartbreaking to, like, see all these, like, these queer-coded characters be treated like this. I also never had the reading of Harry Potter as, like, a queer story, even though he, like, lives in a cupboard, and, like, there are queer theory readings about that. Um, I always just took it as, like, a story about, like, love and acceptance, but yeah, you're right. Going back and, like, looking at it now, these things are so small. Like, the, the lines are, like, you don't notice when you're reading them when you're 10, but the ways in which those things can, like, seep into your subconscious and then become a part of the reason why you see certain people as, like, bad because they are different presenting than, than like, anything that is represented as good in, in these ch- children's books. Like, they change you. It's also the same with, like, not exactly the same, but, like, with with racism so then when you go back and you're like why are all the evil characters in disney movies darker or why are they voiced by like actors of color and like why like all of these things and then you realize like why you don't like looking darker yeah like so so it's it yeah exactly Or, or and then also just never getting to see yourself in any of these things and then every time you do get to see yourself it's like a side character or they're bad um And also, like, wanting so badly to be a part of your childhood favorite thing stories and, like, like, being, like, wanting to be a part of your childhood thing, but then, like, being, like, 
explicitly excluded from it is so sad like it's Mm -hmm. like everyone wants to be like part of the reason i think we imprint on harry potter (gasps) is that like we want to be harry potter and like we want like we are like living in this little world and like that's incredible and like so as a kid you want to be a part of it and you kind of are a part of it but then as an adult you want to like it's almost like your child self like didn't exist like you were never really there it's kind of like um kind of like uh oh i can never go to neverland moment yeah we found a safe space in this in this like world and people now i know like someone on tiktok was like i'm gonna rewrite the series and like make everyone gay and a person of color and some characters will be trans and non-binary and and i was like that's cool and like probably healing um but the underlying character like the underlying implications of these characters before all of that like changing that would happen like the the way that people are described like not every book is a manifesto of an author's belief system but going back through knowing what we know now about jk rowling's beliefs and her transphobia and homophobia and probably racism it lives in the canon of this work. It lives in, like, the way Rita Skeeter is described. It lives in the way everyone who's not a good person, everyone in Slytherin is, like, ugly or troll-like. It lives in all of that. I don't know if that world can be a safe space, even though the fandom, the fans, you're, like, talking about, like, the high school set built by high schoolers. You're right. Like, the kids who grew up with this thing built it into something bigger than us bigger than jk rowling but she still has monetary control over it yeah yeah i don't know how to touch it i don't know how to touch it so i just wanted to talk about like a really specific incident in so everyone knows Cab because you've already been listening this is the third part in a three-part series there's a really interesting moment in the fifth book and it's a really small moment but it's about umbridge teaching um de-escalation tactics in her class mm-hmm. and like how bad umbridge is at teaching and m- me the human am like what the fuck <laughs> like joanne <gasps> You did it! Oh, no. <laughs> I wasted it! It's okay. Do you want mine? No. You you need yours. You can have mine if you want. No. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. If I need it later, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> how did J.K. Rowling write a series that talks about, in its text, being critical of the government while simultaneously... Being so uncritical of the government. Because she created her own, she created her own government loosely based off of ours. And she created her own wizard racism. She created her own wizard injustices. And, and in, a, in, a, in an effort to like connect it to us, somewhere she got lost and now it's its own thing. And therefore she doesn't apply it to real life stuff. I do think JK Rowling lost the plot. Yeah at some point and like like mixed her metaphors and then could never unmix them like with paint yeah but what i really don't understand is like how you could get it so twisted like queen like the government is the one that does the excessive use of force yeah so why are you so critical of de-escalation like 
Like, sister. I don't know. I truly, I don't understand. And, like, all of these books have taught us to have a healthy distrust of the government. There's even a part, Dumbledore says to Fudge, you're blinded by the love of the office you hold. You place too much importance and you always have done on the so-called purity of blood. And then he says, fail to act and history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world we have tried to rebuild. I don't know. Like, this whole bit was, like, about the ways in which, like, power controls people and government and they no longer care about the people. But then the books are, like, blindly supportive of Ors. The books right. love the cops. Right, they love the cops. Um, oh, and oh, they, they talk love, about like, Moody's, like, PTSD from, like, being a wizard cop and they sympathize yeah. with him. But then, like, the wizard cops are on their side. Mm-hmm. Weird. Why? I guess, like, something that I'm struggling with is this world is, like, so similar to our own and, like, the government structures, like, like are, like, slightly similar to our own but then, like, kind of a little bit not. And so, for me, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, like, how can you not see that this is a problem with the government, the government that, like, is the good guys in this case? Like, how can you not look at that clear clear parallel between our world and their world like how do you not understand this madam like <laughs> like sister read 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 a book read a book read your books and and re- read their and fix books them. Like, i don't trust i i, I just them. don't i don't get it um it, this also reminds me of like something else that bugged me throughout the books which is like this the the weird relationship the books have with muggles so like they really the books hate muggles this kind of goes along with our um our general consensus that Grindelwald was right. Mm. And, like, it's weird how much wizards hate muggles. But, like, in the books, it's so palpable. Like, there's a whole thing where in the fifth book, Arthur gets attacked by a snake and he's, like, gonna die. Oh, and yeah. it's a whole issue. Mm-hmm. And then, but then, like, he's like, maybe we should do some surgery to help. And they tr- they try and it goes horribly and they're like, muggles are stupid. Yeah, they're super anti-surgery. I don't get how you want to make a world where the primary force of evil is anti-muggle-born hatred, except for the fact that everyone else in the world who are the good guys also hates muggles. I don't get that. What's not clicking? Like... Like, is J.K. Rowling a nuanced enough person to think that, like, oh, yeah, this represents, like, the internalized, like, opinions that, like, garner prejudice and, like, like spread it insidiously through the world? She's not. She doesn't have the, she doesn't have the range she for it. She doesn't have the range. Maybe the real problem with this book is that it, like, truly, like, completely lacks nuance. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's for kids. I think there's nuance in the fifth book when we're learning about Harry's depression. I'm going to yes. explain every single time I think this book has nuance. Nuance, in the fifth nuance book, with his trauma with Cedric dying. That's good and, nuance. And all of his depression stuff. Yeah. I think Harry's emotional journey is nuanced. Um, yeah. I don't I think, think Hermione is nuanced, by the way. We got to talk Hermione about that. Hermione is not nuanced. I think that um, the conversation about Hagrid being a half-giant was nuanced mm-hmm. i think there was nuance there mm-hmm. not anything else surrounding giants and half giants no, just the just little that conversation bit. that was like a little bit in the fourth book yeah um serious black and remus remus lupin are nuanced until jk rowling realizes that they're nuanced and squishes the bug she realized that nuanced. their nuance is tied to them being queer coded and then 
ends it. Yeah. Um, so that's, I, that's I agree I with all everything. of those. I agree with all of those. Comment down below what else you think is nuanced in Harry Potter, but it's nothing. But um, maybe there's something else. <gasps> no, I thought I thought of one more. I thought of one more. <laughs> okay. Um the the point in the the fifth or sixth the sixth book, it must be the sixth book, when um Bill Weasley gets attacked by a werewolf and Flora Delaclore says she'll love him no matter what, even oh. though she's been presented as like a um ditzy um yes. appearance obsessed person the entire yes. time. That's nuanced. Great. So we found them all. Hermione is not as nuanced. We talked about the women being presented as like what were our things like nags i think it's nags or shallow and then there's a special category for tonks but that's because jk rowling accidentally made her coded tonks as non-binary what oh i think tonks is coded as non-binary and that's the reason that she doesn't fall into the category of nag or airhead t i always saw her as like bisexual but like also, she can be bisexual and non-binary you're right. because she she contains multitude. Yeah, I fucking love Tonks. Also, all of those characters, Lupin, Sirius, Tonks, Rita, all can, like, transform. And I know we already said that. I just had to say it out loud, that they can yeah, transform. Yeah, we implied it, but, like, that, that's a big thing. Yes, it's in important the books, that you... They, also, Tonks changes Tonks' everything. name. Oh, what? That's, like, a big thing. People, like, are continually dead naming her. I'm gonna use her because that's what she uses in the books. Yeah. Not that J.K. Rowling understands. But, like, she's got a whole thing where she's, like, my, she, everyone's, like, Nymphadora, and she's, like, why is everyone calling me Nymphadora? Call me Tonks. Yeah. But J.K. Rowling didn't do that. I did that. Yeah, a lot of that is, like, what we put on this. That's, you know what the moral of this podcast is? What? J.K. Rowling didn't do that. We We did did that. that. Yeah, and you said that already. The very top, you said, like, built by high schoolers. Like, we did that. I did that when I was six. Yeah. And J.K. Rowling is a grown-up, and she didn't even do it. She's, like, almost 60, and she did not do that. And she did not. She did not. She wrote three nuanced things in the whole series of books. Why does everyone trust the Daily Prophet, but then also hate Rita Skeeter? I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, it's a, like the Daily Prophet is super dangerous. Also, no one has a fair trial in the court of law um, oh my god what's going on so with much wizard yeah with like wizard, with the wizard justice system you are you talked about horrors amos when there's the false accusations between harry and wanky uh after the triwizard tournament uh rally <laughs> attack um that amos is like it must have been you oh and then and then someone's like it can't be harry and he goes oh okay well it must have been you and then he points at the house elf and everyone's like sir calm down he was this close to pulling out his wizard gun like this close yeah his wizard gun yeah like it's weird that all wizards carry around guns guns. always it's weird that sirius black was imprisoned without a trial and azkaban I don't think J.K. Rowling has the nuance to understand Azkaban as a metaphor for the prison industrial complex, but, like, it is. Like, what are the ethics there? And the reason I don't think she has the nuance is because she's okay when bad people go to Azkaban, but she's not okay when good people go to Azkaban. And what she sees, what, in the universe, the problem is not with Azkaban, it's about who's in Azkaban. But Azkaban is such a majorly fucked up place that it doesn't matter who's in it. It's just, it's just a mess of human rights violations. Let's talk about how Hermione's in Oh, it. yeah, Hermione, like, for all of the, the shitty conversations happening in the mid-2000s about, like, feminist characters in young adult fiction, everyone was like, 
Hermione's the best. Hermione for Hermione? president. Right. Hermione 2020 or whatever. Remember, remember when that was a thing? <laughs> that was when, a thing. Um, DJT was running. Yes. Um, calling him DJT makes him sound like a like a cool person. Um, and I, I just don't like saying his. I name. don't say his name. We need a different fear name. Of the name increases fear, fear of the thing itself. Ugh. Yeah. So everyone was like, "Fuck Bella from Twilight." I get it. She's not very interesting. She's not very. So she's meant to be projected. Yeah, exactly. So is Harry. Also, sometimes. Anyway. Mm, anyway. Katniss. Everyone's like, "Fuck Katniss." Hermione's better. But what's wrong with Katniss? I don't know. I just remember the three. It was like the trifecta of like female <laughs> representation and YA fiction, and then like Divergent happened. That was also, I don't, whatever. Anyway, but Hermione was like, everyone was like, Hermione's the best. She would have been like wizard AOC. And then I was like, don't insult AOC like that. I mean, in a perfect world, I think she would have been, but she, it's not perfectly written in the way we all thought Hermione was perfectly written. I guess maybe just the characters in universe don't treat Hermione that well. No, it makes sense. Like I get the, I get the idea that she would have been. Yeah, because there's this whole thing where about, where, like, Hermione is, I think the reason people headcanon Hermione as a person of color and as, like, a particularly, like, because she's the one, like, expressing the radical opinions in the book that, like, that the, that the rest of the series, like, does its best to, like, make seem dumb. So, like, Hermione's the one who presents the, like, wizard, the, the house elf, um, like, hat thing. And then everyone else is like, this is really stupid. Why are you doing mm-hmm. that? And, like, Instead of the books being, like, Hermione's right, the books are, like, Hermione's being really stupid. Well, yeah, because you're um, seeing it from Harry's perspective, and you wish that, like, since Harry's coming into this world with no knowledge of it, he would be more on, like, Hermione's side, but he often isn't. He often just sides with, like... The next wizard. The next wizard, and often wizards who are, quote-unquote, like, pure blood or, like... Know more about being a wizard. Yeah. Yeah, like, here's something that, like, we haven't really talked about, but I think, like, is useful to, like, listening to this discussion, is that, like, you can talk about things like this, and all the characters can be, like, Hermione is dumb, and, like, you can use that to make a good allegory. Like, that could have been a good allegory for how people don't recognize racism as bad, except for that, like, the, the qualifications, like, within the universe don't, that's not the way you, they want you to go. Right. They want you to go towards Hermione is dumb. We're not saying that a book can't contain people considering um, racism to be dumb, but that if it's going to contain people who say anti-racist efforts are dumb, it also has to, like, internally criticize those people. And this book series doesn't internally criticize those people. It does not. And so it fails. I'm just, like, sad. The Snape Redemption arc is stupid. It's bogus. Um, it's the oh, arc that's that dumb. And J.K. Rowling wants for herself. Um, Malfoy probably should have had a redemption arc, but he didn't. This just feels like your childhood best friend breaking up with you, but before they break up with you, they tell you they hate you and that they never want to speak to you again. And then before they do that, they also beat you up. Like, that's just what this feels like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> F. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, what I was gonna say is that, like, if we have the re- if there's enough interest and there's enough- and we have the resources to do so, um, mm-hmm. which is to say, if you like our work, then you should help us acquire resources to do things like this. Yes. Um, we should go do and, like, do a step-by-step breakdown of each book and yeah. not, like- because right now, like, this is- these are the big picture problems, but, yeah. like, I could, like, sit down with the Sorcerer's could, Stone- yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, y'all haven't even heard my thoughts on wizard educational reform. Yeah, exactly. It's bitch time. Bitch time is when we get to talk about our feelings and we're not allowed to be smart. I'm going to set a timer for three minutes and then we're going to go. Okay, during bitch time today, I will be talking about all of the men in Harry Potter based on whether or not they get pegged. Yes! And who's allowed to be naked? And who's allowed to be naked? <gasps> oh, we're yes. so good. Uh, Sirius. Um, Harry gets pegged. Harry gets Sirius pegged. Sirius gets pegged. Sirius gets pegged. Lupin pegs. Sirius gets pegged. Lupin, Lupin pegs. pegs. Lupin pegs. Tonks pegs. Tonks pegs. Um, Flor de la Clore pe- pegs. Yes. Um, Bill Weasley um, gets pegged. Bill Weasley gets pegged. He's hot, um, okay? Um, I love the earring. Bill I Weasley's love, hot. He's so hot. Um, he's sexy. He's sexy. Earrings are sexy. Cedric Himbo Prince um, gets pegged. He gets pegged. Cedric gets pegged. Hermione neither pegs nor gets no. pegged. Not because she... I feel bad, like, equating her with, like, being a prude sexually, but, like, she would Because be, that's what the story but, tells exactly, us Exactly, but she would be a prude sexually. Does Ron get... I don't think Ron gets pegged. Maybe Ron. Well, I bet Hermione and Ron try pegging once and they both really like it, but they're too afraid to ever bring up the oh, fact that they like it. And then they it, end up just so having a very vanilla again. sex life. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have like one great sexual pegging experience and then that's it, even though it's the thing they both desperately desire. Exactly. Is that everything we have to say on pegging? Because I really want to talk about Does Dumbledore get pegged? No. No, he does not. And he's also Dumbledore not allowed to be naked. And he's not he's allowed, not to, allowed to, to teach anyone. And he's not <laughs> Book Jenny. I kicked Dumbledore out of the LGBT community. Yes. Gone. Um, Book Jenny pegs. Book Jenny pegs. Book Jenny pegs Luna Lovegood. Yes. Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood also pegs also Book pegs. Ginny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They peg each other. Yeah. Uh. Hey. Um, Book Jenny's allowed to be naked. Um, no. Snape is not under any circumstances allowed to be naked. No, Snape, Snape, keep those robes on. He is not allowed to be naked. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Molly Weasley's not allowed to be naked. Lily pegs James. Yeah, Lily pegs James. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The smile on your face when you said that. That's true, yeah. and we should say it. Yeah, um, um, Lily and James are both allowed to be naked. Um, I would say Remus and Sirius are actually actively encouraged to be naked, mm-hmm. and I am supportive of their yes, nudity. Supportive. Fred and George Weasley both peg, um, and are allowed to be naked. Please, oh my god, but not each other. The fan not fiction other, about though. that is insane. No, okay, they don't peg each other, but they do peg yeah. or get pegged. Yes, or they get pegged, They're but not. There's no incest. There is no incest. Please. They do not have sex with each other. They're both allowed to be naked. Luna Lovegood is also encouraged to be naked. Percy Weasley, not allowed to be naked. Nor not does he get naked, pegged. And he gets pegged. He doesn't get pegged, but he wishes he did. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And that's that, that on that. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. That was good, actually. That-, that made me feel so much better. I feel better. I feel so much better. I got uh, so sad for a bit there. You okay. know what's good? Talking about who in Harry Potter is allowed to be He's naked. You know what's naked. bad? Talking about Harry Potter. Um, I love talking about Harry Potter, but I also hate talking about Harry Potter. Okay, that was so much. Um, let's get into bitch why. 
to talk about the Harper's letter really fast, just, like, very, very quickly. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people who are, like, prominent. Even, like, Malcolm Gladwell signed it, but I think he was, like, oops oh. afterwards. Um, but it was about people talking about cancel culture. And, like, people, people who get their work and their essays published in, like, prominent, like, magazines aren't canceled. So, like, shut the fuck up, first yeah. of all. Um, but second of all, like, they are complaining about cancel culture, but it's because they are saying things that are horrible. People who signed that essay are, are, like, rapists and monsters, and J.K. Rowling aligned herself with them, so I have no sympathy for her. Um, it's disgusting. It's like, these people are all for liberalism and tolerance when it benefits them and the stories they write, but then when we question them and their ill-informed beliefs, then they think we've gone too far. And it doesn't make sense that, like, J.K. Rowling doesn't want us to question her when she literally taught us to question things in her books. I, I was gonna say <laughs> that, um, I have issues with cancel culture, but the issues that I have with cancel culture don't apply to J.K. Rowling because she has so much money that, like, it doesn't actually, like, her getting canceled, like, can't, can't touch her. Like, her getting canceled can't touch her mentality, it can't touch her money, it can't touch anything. She lives in a little bubble in, like, some castle in Scotland, probably. Well, she's also said that. She's like, your words don't hurt me. And we're like, yeah, we fucking exactly. know, ma'am. Like, we know. Like, Queen, like, if they did, like... You would be broke. Maybe we'd be getting yeah, somewhere. exactly. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Um, like, my problem with cancel culture more has to do with, like, in- not encouraging people to learn and grow, and also how it can really harm good people who get themselves into bad situations and then get themselves out of that bad situation by learning and then but then they're forever disenfranchised but that doesn't apply to jk rowling because she lives in a glass bubble in a castle in scotland yeah it's just i'm saying like they're outraged about their free speech but they are and they released it also like in the middle of the protests and i'm like are you well like people protesters are being beaten and arrested by cops why aren't you mad about their free speech? Like, you want your free speech to not be impeded upon because you're a turf or a rapist? Like, give me a fuck, like, give me a break. Like, I'm tired. Anyway. You know, that's crazy. I've never thought about that comparison. I think that cancel culture came around because of the Me Too movement. I don't know. Maybe it was, or happened before. But, but. Yeah, I think it had something It to do had something to do with that because, like, we couldn't reach those, those, like, harvey weinsteins and then it became everyone hashtag is canceled but like i it came from a need to find out how we punish celebrities who have done like the worst things and then now has become like a colloquial term for like so and so is bad or problematic and i also have an issue with problematic yeah i like i canceling someone doesn't work and, like, we need to figure out a better way, but I think it came from a need, like, a very specific need. But she will, like, we can't cancel J.K. Rowling. She benefits from us pretending she didn't write the books. Probably also, more. Also, like, Queen, if you're so impervious to our words, then, like, why do you need to write this letter? Like, Also, why do you keep, like, like responding to people's tweets? Like, if you're so, like, untouched yeah. by the universe. Did I tell you about the tweet... That she was, she she wrote this, like, children's story. Do you know about this? 
she, I heard about yeah, it, and she, there was, like, that weird... Yeah, she, like, okay, so she wrote a children's story. She's, like, tweeting about it. Some, like, nine-year-old drew a picture or, like, responded to something she said, and she's, like, saying, like, something about the book, and then accidentally copied and pasted, like, some quote about someone who said that turfs need to, like, fuck off or something. It was crazy, and she responded to a nine-year-old with that tweet. It's wild. I just yeah. am, like, there's so much, there's so, 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 so much... And, and then, like, Stephen King happened while we were on our Harry Potter hiatus. Anyway, Stephen King is not a trans icon, whatever, but... No, he, we don't stand no, Stephen King. No, because he also, like, tweeted... So, like, J.K. Rowling was doing a Twitter thread about her transphobia. Stephen King saw one quote or one bit of that tweet thread about women not being supported by men. And then he retweeted that and was like, I want to support women and then people were like hey by the way that was part of a larger thread and he went oh my god sorry trans women are women then jk rowling um blocked him on everything denounced him she wrote something really nice about him after he retweeted her then she like deleted that too he's like one of the main reasons her books are big she cares more about doubling down on her transphobia than like aligning herself with people who helped her get to where she is I'm so glad you're on Twitter because you get to follow all the drama and then I just get to hear about exactly. it. Exactly. There's a Twitter thread that I sent you a long time ago. Um, this person, I, I think their name is Danny. I don't know how to say it. It's just like D-A-N-Y. Um, but they have a Twitter thread about having to detransition uh, because they had Crohn's oh, disease. Yeah. yeah, they had Crohn's and the treatment was conflicting with their... Um, their hormones so it was just like too much and they had to detransition but it was because of the lack of medical research and jk rowling's jk rowling has been cited by people in government who pass anti-trans uh bills so like she actually is having an impact it's not just her saying stupid shit on twitter like this is like impacting government the way governments are run and the things that happen to trans people especially in the uk um Trans people need doctors and medical scientists to do research, and her doing this is, like, directly affecting that. Um, I, this is, it's disgusting. I'm so angry about it. Um, and what I'm more angry about is the fan community's unwillingness to figure out a solution. Most of my understanding of the impact comes from the perspective of, like, a trans person mm -hmm. who, like, really just... I, like, just don't really know how to, I mean, I guess I do, because I think I've, I've, I'm really fortunate to have, like, moved past the point in my life where I need Harry Potter. Right. Like, like, I don't need Harry Potter to, like, feel okay, and so, like, as much as I love Harry Potter, I don't need to immerse myself in it, in the way that, like, a lot of fan communities are designed to, like, help people with. Um, so my, my big problem that is, like, the impact for me and that I think is, like, what a lot of adult fans of Harry Potter who, like, read it when they were kids but aren't, like, stands. Um, I am a stan. Like, I do read Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I, fan fiction is better than the books. It, the, the, that a lot of people are having is, like, is what I was talking about earlier, which is the, oh, I'm never going to Neverland. Oh, I'll <laughs> never get my Hogwarts letter, which yeah. I guess we had along we like had when we turned 11 and didn't get our hogwarts letter but like the real impact of that feeling isn't that like we lost like the childhood worlds but like realizing we would never have been invited to hogwarts like it's really 
like kind of facing like a loneliness within the within your own childhood that's really hard to describe and I think is a really huge challenge of being queer and 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 it's really hard when you're queer and you're looking back on these books that were your solace when you were living in your childhood that was that was the way it was and then realizing that those books were part of the world that you were hiding from like yeah I just I'm a lot of my feelings are just like kind of um amorphous um amorphous sadness and like uh loneliness yeah and and so Joanne sorry you can take it it is yours Joanne has the power to like create real actual change in the world which I'm really glad you're talking about and yeah. also and also like that feeling of like disenfranchisement from your own like life is also important mm-hmm. and i think is part of what the question harry potter fans are asking themselves right now is like what do i do with like this this loneliness and how do i address it and i tend to fall towards the lindsay ellis camp which is that you just have to let it go and like you can't give your money to jk rowling anymore and for me it's not that hard because i really just don't want to give my money to jk rowling but i also like i don't think i'm ever gonna leave the fan communities like i don't think but that's doesn't cost anything yeah like i'm never gonna give jk rowling money ever again like i'm just not gonna do that i think my a lot of my questions were around like coming from southern california that a lot of people that i know make money off of this they go to harry potter world in universal they there are some people who have brand deals and then they go and they get a free all-access paid trip to universal in florida like and then they have to just go take pictures and do spawn con like it's sponsored content so sorry and so so i talked to a bunch of people i actually also reached out to tessa netting on instagram because she posted her a picture of herself dressed as hermione with a harry potter bag so i i reached out to her and i was like hey like what (laughs) why'd you do that then she like released a like longer statement and she said like I had people asking me about this thing, and because of it, I was able to donate $500 to the Trevor Project. I just want to also quickly say that, like, please, there are other LGBTQ charities and, like, nonprofits other than the Trevor Project. That's all I'm going to say. I don't hate the Trevor Project. I actually worked with them for two years, but, like, reach out to your local LGBT youth programs and, like, social programs because they also need you just as much as the Trevor Project needs you. Um, please, like, look at where your money is going. Don't just say, I gave money to the Trevor Project and, like, call it a day. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, but she said if she ever makes money from any sort of Harry Potter-related brand deal, because that's kind of her whole thing, she will keep donating money at the end of the year. She'll, like, put everything together. She's going to match prices whenever she goes to the parks. And it's upsetting that the onus falls on us as consumers when, like, these studios should just drop J.K. Rowling because she's too toxic to work with. Um, But it, it, it falls on us. And so she said, 
that she's gonna reach out to independent creators and only buy merch from them and if she does buy official merch she'll try to buy it secondhand and if she absolutely must buy official merch officially from the website itself she will match that but it just feels like a lot of like going in circles and still somehow it's still like us showing her that even though she says all this shit like we're still gonna be at the parks and we're still gonna be buying like the new copies of the book with the pretty new covers and 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 I get I get it like I do get it like Catherine and I who like we might release this as a bonus episode because it was so fun but she talked about how like Harry Potter is so ingrained in her and like who she is personality wise that it would be like a conscious meticulous effort to cut it out of her life but at least financially she feels no need to buy any more Harry Potter stuff you know what I was gonna say is that like (laughs) Like, I, no shade on Tessa Netting. She's, like, totally been, like, super kind to us and, like, she spoken is super to you cool, and, like, yeah. like, good for her. I, like, cannot think of a reason why you would ever have to buy merch. Even if you're a big-name cosplayer, a big-name fan, you have power as a creator. You can buy from other fans. You can, you can create stuff yourself. Like, you don't have to give. I, like, cannot think of a reason why you would not be able to avoid giving money to the official organization well but then she has the vera bradley deal right so then you're partnering with them you're posting a picture of you with the bag so that other people buy this very expensive bag um my friend sarah who i also talked to on like this big zoom call she was doing a like um Uh, like a thing where like a web show where they read a chapter of my immortal every time and it was going on and then the and then the essay jk rowling's essay dropped um and they were like well we can't not finish the story like they were drinking like butterbeer while they were doing it so then they realized like okay well for the rest until we finish this we will just keep using all the money we get from it to donate to queer charities um every week uh, which is great. And then she decided, like, and then after that, we'll, we won't do fan fiction from Harry Potter anymore. Um, there are other YouTube creators, um, Dominic Noble. I don't really watch his videos very often, but he said, like, I have decided I will no longer post Harry Potter content ever again. And I, and I feel comfortable doing that and I will never do it again. For me, especially the web show episode, not to, like, be mean to these people, because, like, obviously these aren't the people in power, like, this isn't the problem. But to me, that almost seems like, worse because like to be the advertisement is literally to endorse the content mm-hmm. literally oh like, yeah so tessa is different from the web show which was someone yeah else. no but the web yeah. show i also have mm. problems with because their solution is not to cut out the the official content it's to cut out the fan content which is literally the only part of harry potter oh. that matters anymore I guess, like, what I would say is, like, for me, what I think would be my ideal version is that we fully, and and I know Death of the Author is fake, but, like, fully endorse fan content, fully endorse, like, fan fan merch that is unaffiliated with J.K. Rowling, and, like, Mm -hmm. fully embrace that as Harry Potter because that's what it Harry Potter is. Like, I think that's what's important about Harry Potter, and I don't think that necessarily has to die in order for us to um, cut Harry Potter out of our diets. Exactly. I think also, like, Sarah, who did the web show, she also works for Hot Topic, and sometimes she gets sent 
Harry Potter merch, right? And she's like, how do I accept this? Like, what do I do? Send it back. Um, send it back, maybe. I don't know. But, like, Catherine was talking about, like, going to Comic-Con and, like, wondering whether or not... Because when you go to Comic-Con or any of these, like, conventions, um, even if it's, like, a Disney one, you decide what you dress up as. Like, you you get to do that. Um, so she's like, why would I dress up as a Harry Potter character at Comic-Con? Like, why would I choose to rep that story? Especially when I know that it could possibly make someone feel unsafe. Even though, like, I myself am not a, like, upsetting-looking person. Like, no one would look at me and, and, like, be, feel like, feel like they were in danger. But the act of wearing something Harry Potter as a representation feels actively offensive and hurtful. I will say that I, even people who I, like, trust, I do get a little nervous when I see people openly Harry Potter fans right now. Like, I do feel a little unsafe talking to them. Until you talk to them, like, and ask them what their views are about J.K. Rowling, you don't know. If they're one of the, like, 14 million followers on Twitter that sides with her. But, like, right after she dropped her essay, she also... Ulta Beauty released a Hogwarts house-themed makeup palette. Uh, so there was, like, the Gryffindor one, Hufflepuff one, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. And I was like, holy shit. And then you have a bunch of beauty vloggers reviewing it. And it's like... It's a snake eating its own tail. Exactly. It's exactly, exactly. And I think that, like, oh, and then Catherine brought up this thing that I have to say. She said she brought up this, like, meme that was on Tumblr circa 2013. And it's a picture of Joanne. And it says, one day in the middle of my life, the news headlines will be JK Rowling died today. My children won't fully understand why I left the room crying or why I picked up a book titled Harry Potter. Millions will pull out old toy wands, cloaks, and round-rimmed glasses will be dusted off. Wands lit they will take to the streets, holding them high from speakers and phones, Hedwig's theme. Oh my god, Hogwarts will come back to life as a new generation is introduced to the boy who lived. And I... That was hard to listen to. (laughs) It was hard to read. It was so hard to read. And I'm just like, this is the impact part is like, will we all get collective amnesia when she passes away? And we'll just like completely like not not talk about any of this stuff because people will be like, well, she's not alive anymore. You can't say anything like and normally you write a book, you make a movie adaptation sometimes and you're done. But this has grown so much larger than anything ever 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 like harry potter as a thing is a once in a lifetime event and i get that like the books the movies the fucking they're making another harry potter park i think in florida i think it's going to be called epic universe and they're going to have like a fantastic beast theme thing i know i know i know and and we've all made friendships over harry potter some of my best friends i made because i liked harry potter i loved harry potter People have romantic relationships forged from this. Lauren Lopez and Joey Richter just got engaged after, like, eight years of being together. And And we stand. We stand. We stand. But, like, that's a thing. Like, right? And people people have gotten support systems from this. Like, how... And I get it. Like, I understand acting and film careers have been made. And I think the, the scariest thing for me right now is that she is not facing any of the financial impact from from any of her actions like the books right now are a lockdown hit in the uk um despite all of this shit that she said she released a harry potter at home 
a series that's on Spotify. You can listen to Daniel Radcliffe, like, reading the first chapter of Sorcerer's Stone, which, like, who doesn't want to hear Daniel Radcliffe le- read the first chapter of Sorcerer's Stone? Um, but he recorded that in, like, beginning of March before her essay. Originally, I was like, Daniel Radcliffe, Eddie Redmayne, all these people who spoke out need to, like, denounce her. But actually, you and I cannot argue with her on Twitter. That's not gonna work. People, the people closest to her are the ones who can actually like, make a change. I don't know if she ever will change her mind because I think she fully believes that she's doing something good. Um, she doesn't think she's transphobic, so I don't think that she can change her mind, but it is, like, Emma Watson, who's been, like, uncharacteristically quiet about all of this, uh, considering all the work she's done for the UN, but, like, the people who can actually, like, talk to her and get to her, like, Eddie Redmayne and Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, like, they need to be the ones using their platforms and their influence on her specifically and their personal relationships with her to 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 do something and it's uh, unfortunately it's on us to financially not support her i don't know what the answer is but this is this is like it's like gotten to a point where i think like i'm on i'm with you with like we just gotta let it go I think that um, J.K. Rowling doesn't deserve a redemption arc, but I think the world deserves a redemption arc because the amount of harm she can cause by not having a redemption arc is astronomical. She doesn't deserve a redemption arc. If she ever tries to, like, distance herself from this, we should not let her. But I do think, I hope that people she is personally, like, uh, people that she knows personally are dissuading her from just, like, speaking about this ever again for me a redemption arc for jk rowling would be nothing less than writing an essay that is twice as long as the turf essay about everything she's learned about supporting trans people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. donating an enormous portion of her wealth to trans organizations and writing new movies with interesting developed trans characters or even better having a trans author write new trans works and her endorsing Uh, them as part of her universe i guess my point is is like a redemption arc for jk rowling would be have to be an enormous like shifting in her financial and social and political leanings and she i i mean if she did that i would be quite i would be quite pleased to know that the world we're creating is better than I ever thought it could be. Yeah. And I think, like, the discourse around the trans community can be very intimidating to try and understand. And, and like, J.K. Rowling, as of right now, offers a very simplistic view of reasons that are not justified, but people, like, gravitate towards them because I think for some people, when you try to, like, figure it all out online, it can be really intimidating. And, like, we tend to ostracize people who are trying to understand when they say something that's probably offensive, but they don't know that it is. And, like, you and I didn't come out of the womb knowing everything about, like, being queer. Like, we, we, like, we, we had to, we had to figure this out ourselves. Like, I remember a time when I was, like, 12 and, like, I, the only feminism I had was, like, that, like, white girl feminism. But, like, then I grew up and I educated myself and that's, like, what you do. But this goes back to, like, it's not your job and it's not my job to educate her. And there are certain people within the trans community that do like doing that. Like, Jesse Gender loves that. And, like, they were talking on a podcast and they were like, I, I can do this all day. And I, like, know how to, I know how to mentally 
prepare myself to get backlash and it goes to like our Jojo Rabbit conversation of like meeting someone where they're at and Jesse Gender was like I can do that but like not everyone can. I would also like to like note like in for like a general like big picture thing is that like people talk a lot about like doing the work of educating yourself as like being really hard and it is but I also like think that people don't emphasize enough how rewarding it is to Mm -hmm. do the work of becoming better and more engaged and more expansively involved in the world and like for sure like doing the work of learning about trans people is like baking a pie because you'll work really hard and you won't always succeed and like you will sometimes feel like you don't want to be baking the pie anymore and um want to ask someone else to bake the pie but in the end you'll get to eat a whole new pie and and the work of becoming a better person is making pie every day and eating it every day and tasting it every day right and you can read all the books about baking pie and watch all the youtube tutorials about baking pie but then you got to do it for yourself you got to bake the pie you got to bake the pie bake the and pie. and you got to eat the pie with your friends let's get into the bitch meter The bitch meter is our little scoreboard for diversity. Doesn't necessarily have to do with quality because mm-hmm. diversity doesn't equal quality, but sometimes it correlates with quality. Let's just pop in it to it. We evaluate yeah. on on six spectrums, which is queerness, race, gender, disability, body positivity, and class. And we give them a score out of five and we use math to turn that into a score out of 10. That is an overall diversity score meter. So we gave um, the series a not applicable for queerness there are some arguments for giving it a low score of queerness and um and bringing down the score overall but we think technically it doesn't engage with it and anything that lives too deep in the allegorical life that the everyday reader couldn't experience it doesn't really exist in the story so it gets an na exactly um yeah yes um for race race, for race we gave it a 1.5 uh because i can count on Mostly one hand, Padma, Parvati, Dean Thomas, Kingsley, Shacklebolt, Lee Jordan, Angelina Johnson, and Cho Chang. Sorry, that's seven. Um, that's only seven. Uh, 1.5. I don't really know. I, I'm not... Black and brown people exist, I guess. Um, and that is all I have to say on that. We gave gender a 2.5 because that was the score we gave a Harry Potter musical for gender. And they have the same amount of gender, but it gets a minus one for Rita Skeeter. Exactly. Disability, we decide NA, even though we did talk about, like, if being a squib counts as disability. Um, Moody also has a wooden leg and a fake eye. Lupin is a werewolf. And we had the talk about, like, AIDS. And, and like, there's also an article I read about Neville maybe having, like, a learning disability. But that's not canon. And none of that is canon. And even, like, Lupin and AIDS is not canon. Um, I don't feel like it is. And um, even when you're bringing real-world issues into this magical world, it's never resolved or challenged in a meaningful way, and there's no closure or an ending to these problems. Um, I just think that this all sums up to, like, weird representation and therefore is not assessed. Yeah. Great. Uh, Body positivity uh, minus infinity minus Is what I wish we could give it. JK Rowling, every time she wants to describe a character as bad, describes them as either ugly or fat or ugly and fat. And Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, it gets a minus two because that was the yeah. most we could really like realistically give it on the scale of a one to ten system. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't give Joanne like things. Stop. Yeah, stop it. Oh, you said it again. <gasps> I'm a mess. That's okay. It's fine. This has been is just a mess of an episode. No, for class we gave it a three out of five. Um, class, class. We talked a lot about Ron. Um, also, we never said the Weasleys are Irish coded as well, even though they're not Irish. And Ron also like says something mean about Seamus. Anyway, there's there's stuff about them being poor. It's never explained why they are, except that they are Muggle Muggle apologists or whatever. Yeah, it's weird because they're purebloods. It's weird because they're purebloods, right? So, um, anyway, there's off. There's a lot of talk about Ron saying I hate being poor. He says it all the time. He says it directly to Harry, who is his very rich, famous friend. Um, there's a lot in there. Uh, and then there's also a lot about magical creatures in class. It's in there, so therefore we have to give it a three out of five. And um But it's not quite it. class consciousness. It's not quite it. no, it's not class consciousness. There's nothing in there that is like nuanced enough. Okay, and with all of that, that gives us a drum roll, please. Grand score of two out of ten on the bitch meter. Yikes. Uh it's time for Harris's hot take. It's ringing. Hi Harris. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm outside. That's Sorry. fine. <laughs> Hi. Um, we are covering the Harry Potter books today. So if you oh, want to give us your good. hot take, you got 20 Here's seconds. The thing. You're not going to get a hot take from me for this because I've never read Harry Potter and I kind of refuse to read Harry Potter because I was a little hipster child and I was like, no, I'm going to read like Brave New World and uh, In Cold Blood while everybody else was... <laughs> was uh reading harry potter which just makes me like the like jerkiest of children but it is what it is and i'm sorry about not having a hot take this week <sighs> but that's, i think that's all i have to say i'm so sorry no, uh, it's okay. but keep on doing great work with your podcast i love listening to it <laughs> Thank you, Harris. Y'all are wonderful. Sorry, Gaia said they're going to take both of your ears and and turn them into pierogies. You know, if if I could contribute contribute anything to society, I'm glad that it will be me as a pierogi. You know, I was I was just I was just listening to this uh, thing about the Moby Dick, uh, like the real Moby Dick, and about how the crew members like ate each other, and like I'm willing to make that sacrifice for y'all. You know, <laughs> they went full Donner party on the exactly. real Moby exactly. Dick. <laughs> oh my God, right, Harris! Have to get back to the full podcast <laughs> i love you so much harris love you too okay bye, bye. let's cast this episode with the daniel yeah. radcliffe quote okay daniel radcliffe um you are so allowed to be naked uh anytime this, you want for anytime any you want you're allowed to be naked and we adore you thank you and um i'm sad but here's the quote i'm deeply sorry for the pain these comments have caused you I really hope that you don't entirely lose what was valuable in these stories to you. If these books taught you that love is the strongest force in the universe, capable of overcoming anything, if they taught you that strength is found in diversity, and that dogmatic ideas of pureness lead to the oppression of vulnerable groups, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, 
if you found anything in these stories that resonated with you and helped you at any time in your life, then that is between you and the book that you read. And it is sacred. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. And for that, you can be naked. Yes. <laughs> what are you working on? Uh, what am I working on? Um, I am working on a farm, and so all of my yes. projects are taking a farm, back farm, seat. farm, 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 farm. Listen to the chickens in this episode. Um, but I've been writing a lot of poetry and learning a lot about being a person, which I guess is a form of work. So, what are you working on? I'm in. I'm just in acting school. Sometimes I'm just doing some acting online, and that's fun. And um, yeah, that's it. That's really. <laughs> I did a British accent. I was so enthusiastic. Yeah, that's that on I that. D- that's that on that. But I no, actually, I did a. I did a British accent the other day. It was like it was like a posh one, and it went oh. really well actually. And the teacher was like, "I have no notes, or I have one Not note," and it was nice. Um, it's nice to just like not like it's nice to just be like, "Well, today I'm gonna work on an accent, and then tomorrow I'm gonna work on one scene, and I'm not gonna think about anything else." And that is all. It's the end. Yes. We talked about Harry Potter, and now we're sad. Let's plug. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani. Uh, you can follow Bitch Why Podcast on at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at b.tchy at gmail.com. Yes, please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. All of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer, Cameron, uh, and our graphic designer, Jillian. Goodbye, bitches. Goodbye, bitches. Good night, bitches. <laughs>